Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. From world conflicts to falling financial markets, natural disasters, and more, wish the headlines would just stop. It's not a newsflash that life can feel like a pressure cooker. From managing work to building relationships, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. And for many of us, anxiety and stress are constant companions. But you are not alone. Support is out there, just waiting to meet you. And you can find it through friendly people at churchescare.com. At churchescare.com, we know that finding your community can feel intimidating. That's why we do the heavy lifting for you. Churchescare.com helps connect people like you to churches that can support and serve you. In your new community, you'll find a group of people ready to talk, listen, and help you navigate life through its twists and turns. All you have to do is come as you are. If you're ready to find your community, visit churchescare.com today. That's C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S-Care.com. We look forward to serving you. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent. The world of the paranormal and the world of ghosts is so vast and magnificent. There are so many things occurring right beside us each and every day. If we're only allowing ourselves to just be quiet and listen and experience some of those things, eventually we learn that they're not scary at all, uh, just the way that they operate on a normal day-to-day basis. Death is only a transition to a different place. And we're just alive over there as we were here. The only difference is that we just don't carry a body with us on that, on that side. 
our universe is made up of frequencies and the frequencies that we can recognize here with our bodies and our senses are just a tiny piece of all that is out there in the universe. Spirit operates on its own frequency and every once in a while our frequencies can meet and that's when we get to experience paranormal episodes and supernatural occurrences. Today we have a special guest, Joni Mann. Joni lives in New Harmony, Indiana, and she has been in contact with the spiritual world for practically all of her life. Recently she has been a prolific author, writing 15 books on the paranormal, including her latest books, Signs of Spirits and Ghost Magnet. She's also written The Devil's Toy Box, The Soul Collector, and even paranormal fiction, such as Lightning Strikes, Ember Rain, Angel Storm. Joni is a paranormal investigator and an author who has spent most of her life contending with the dead. As a natural-born sensitive, ghosts have always been drawn to her, and many of them even following her home and making her life a living hell. After surviving a demonic encounter in 2011, she decided to fight back and began researching and documenting her experiences and her knowledge in the field. Many of her books share this information and stories that have led her up to this point. After growing up in southern Indiana, Joni relocated to central Massachusetts, where she spent 30 years. She recently moved back to Indiana and now lives in the historic town of New Harmony where she hopes to offer haunted tours in the summer of 2017. And she is currently working on her 16th book, Haunted New Harmony. Welcome to the show, Joni. We are really excited to have you with us today. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, this is, this is going to be a very fun hour because uh, you and I both do uh, approximately the same kind of work. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely. So how did you, uh, at what age and in what way were you introduced to uh, the world of ghosts and the paranormal? I believe my first uh, experience or my first acknowledgement with the paranormal came when I was about five years old, six years old. I began to feel like there was something in my room with me. When my mother would turn out the light and tuck me into bed, I was terrified of the dark because there was something in there with me. And of course, in that day and age, they're, you know, dating myself a little bit here, but you know, there weren't paranormal shows. There weren't books on it. There wasn't a lot of information. And I was told there's no such thing as ghosts. Go back to bed, Joni. You have an active imagination, which I do. But there was something in my room. And it, I, you know, I started having more and more experiences as time went along. But I learned not to talk about them because I was, I was just shut down, basically. I've had some of those same experiences myself, <laughs> being told that ghosts don't exist and just knock it off and with the imagination. <laughs> right. Did right. did you uh, did you have conversations with these uh, things in the house, or were they just simply the acknowledgement of other presences? Well, when I was when I was a small child, I was frightened of them, so I didn't. I just tried to get away from them. If I felt them, I'd move to another room. Uh, but as I got a little bit older. Uh, I, my dad's house was haunted and there was something, it's still there. In fact, 
I would talk to that one. I I knew at that point that it was male. So I was starting to pick up more information from them. And I would talk to it, just basically telling it to leave me alone. <laughs> so, uh, But as far as back and forth communication, no. Wow. I, I also uh, grew up in a haunted house here in Evansville, and we had all kinds of things happening at all hours of the night. So uh, fortunately, my dad saw the, the, some of these things too, but then again, he just thought he was crazy. <laughs> so... Well, we're about to uh, cut into a break here, but when we come back, I want to talk so much more about some of these topics. Folks, you're listening to the World Beyond Radio Show, and as always, we're coming at you from Evansville, Indiana, and our show is being produced and carried by the X-Zone Broadcast Network, and we're going to cut to a break and be right back in just a few minutes. Johanna Carroll, host of Dialogue with Divinity on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. While walking along Kanapali Beach in Maui this past year, I kept discovering all these shells and coral in the shape of hearts. My Dialogue with Divinity was very simple. Do you want me to do a retreat to heal people's hearts in Maui next year? And of course, the answer was yes. As a master spiritual teacher, I am offering you a neat retreat called RISE, May 8th through the 12th, 2017, and the chance of a lifetime to rest at a five-star resort for five days and experience a spiritual renewal of your heart and soul. Kanapali is one of the top five beaches in the world. This stunning resort has undergone a $40 million renovation. I walked the entire property, checked out the room choices on your behalf, and I must say, it is stunning. Our conference room faces the ocean with sliding glass doors. Maui is known as Mother Maui because it is a soft, gentle, healing energy. In the embrace of Mother Maui, you will feel yourself rising from the limitations of an ordinary life to an extraordinary journey of peace, bliss, and harmony a greater sense of clarity. Our RISE retreat ignites renewal in the sacred elements of air, water, earth, fire, and wind. There's plenty of free time to enjoy all that Maui has to offer. A small deposit is required now to reserve your space as this retreat, it will sell out. For more details, please go to johannacarroll.com and register today. Aloha, and I'll see you in mystical Maui.
How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Welcome back to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Weijin. We have a special guest today, Joni Mann, who is the author of a number of paranormal-themed uh, books, uh, both nonfiction and fiction. And we're talking about the experiences of ghosts. Uh, Joni, did you have these experiences all through your childhood, or at what point did you just uh, shut it all down? Pretty much on and off through most of my childhood, I would be aware if there was something there. I didn't always understand it, and I didn't try to explore it because it frightened me, uh, especially when I was a teenager. I moved back to uh, Wadeville, which is where my dad lives. I had been living in Mount Vernon, and his house, the, the ghost that I encountered as a child was still there, and uh, I've been having more and more activity, and I think you know, being a teenager with all that uh, energy, I really fueled him. And it was, he was making noises, doing things and creating a little bit more havoc. He was making himself far more known. And that did scare me a lot because he did things trying to scare me. It wasn't like a, um, some of the relationships that I've had with ghost as an adult back then, he was really just trying to get to me. So hmm. it, it was still scary at that point. So it took me a long time to get past that fear and realize that they're not all dark and scary, that some of them are actually just like us, just people without bodies. Exactly. So tell me about the soul collector. Well, that's uh, <laughs> that was the start of my paranormal writing. I had already written three books by then, but they were all fiction. And in 2011, 2009, I really started investigating for the first time. I'd spent some time living in a haunted house and came out of it, ended up divorced and had more freedom to start exploring some of the questions that I had after living in that haunting and then also just living as a sensitive. So I started really exploring my abilities. And about that time, I met my friend Sandy McLeod, who was starting to develop her abilities as well. So we really kind of worked together and bounced things off of each other. Um, and I went on an investigation at a uh, haunted prison camp. And I'd been there many times as a 
as an adult, brought my children there and gone hiking. Uh, we didn't realize how extensively haunted it was. But the one time that I went that I ended up picking up a very bad attachment was uh, my defenses were down. I was in a depressed state of mind. Uh, I just had something pretty horrible happen to me. And somebody was trying to help get my mind off of, you know, my problems and said, let's go ghost hunting. And of course, now I know you should never do that. When you go ghost hunting or paranormal investigating, you should always be at the top of your game so that your vibration is high. That when you have a low vibration, you're going to attract in lower vibrational entities. And that's exactly what I did. I ended up with um, something pretty bad attached to me with no resources to get it off. Can you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I can. Um, Is that something that you do talk about? Yeah, yeah, no, I do, I do. It's uh, just trying to figure out how long to talk about it. But uh, I'm clairaudient, so I'm aware when there's something nearby, I can hear it. I can hear a tone similar to ear ringing. And I felt this coming home in the car with me that night. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a good feeling. And I could feel it in my house. And I came home and I had that feeling like somebody had broken into my house. I just felt it was an unnerved sensation. So I went around my house looking under the beds and in the closets thinking somebody broke in. Well, somebody didn't break in. Somebody came right in through the door with me. And it took a while for me to figure out what it was. I had um, I was part of a paranormal team at the time and the psychic medium who was the founder of the team lived up in Maine and I lived in Massachusetts. So it was about a two and a half hour drive. So I didn't get to see her that much. But I suspected I had something pretty bad with me because I was getting the sensation something was hovering above my bed at night and I was hearing noises in the house and my personality was changing a little bit. I was becoming more reclusive and more withdrawn. It just, it, it took me until I got up to Maine to see her. I walked in the door and she, her eyes kind of, eyebrows raised and she said, you know, you have something with you, right? And I said, yes, that's why I'm here. I was hoping you could help me. And she started helping me explore what was going on with me and that she was the one that identified it as a soul collector, that he had been at the prison camps where I'd gone and he had been watching me for a while because we had spent an entire summer exploring, you know, the 300 acres at this prison camp. And he waited for the opportunity when my defenses were down that he could actually latch on to me. And Mm. I spent a good three to four months with this attached to me. And uh, it turns out it wasn't just a human soul. It was demonic. And it it started taking me over. It wanted to make me one of its collection. And the the process through that was, you know, the stages of um, demonic possession, you know, um, infestation, which happened quickly, oppression, which I was definitely in. I was becoming very withdrawn. And then finally possession. I was deeply into oppression. He was cutting me off from my friends, not only emotionally, but also physically. People couldn't call me. The phone would be, they would either go right to voicemail or they'd get nothing but static. If I tried to call them, my phone wouldn't work. And it was, he was slowly working his way into my head. I was starting to have suicidal thoughts, which I've never had in my entire life. And uh, thankfully, 
I had a friend, I had two friends working to help me. One was working, uh, he, he was a psychic medium who was uh, training with the Catholic Church to help with exorcism. So he came in and actually did an exorcism on me, and it didn't work. Wow. So I, yeah, it, didn't, it did not work. And so it was back to the psychic medium who was also a witch, and it ended up taking a banishing ritual uh, performed in Salem, <laughs> with all things. But to um, a banishing ritual was what it took to um, to get this off of me. But I go into it when I gave you copies of Ghost Magnet. So the story of the Soul Collector was not over in Soul Collector. I talk about it in Ghost Magnet because I I did encounter it again. Were you able to defeat it a second time? Yeah, I had a, I had better help the second time. So um, I think that what I try to get into in the Soul Collector is to always have a backup plan. If you're a sensitive or somebody with budding mediumship abilities, don't put yourself in situations unless you're able to solve your worst-case scenario. And when I went in to investigate for the when I picked up the Soul Collector, I didn't have that backup plan, or I thought I did, but I really didn't. And it was kind of torturous going through that period of time with somebody who was somewhat passive-aggressive about helping me, telling me, oh, you know, he looks just like the picture, uh, the guy in the picture of the scream. I see him hovering over your bed at night and then turning me loose. Okay, you have a good night. We'll work on this. And I'd have to go home to my dark, scary house where I was, held prisoner pretty much by this entity. So it was not a fun experience. Now I have perfect resources and I can help myself too. I'm not completely reliant on other people, but I do have them there in case I run into something bad. Amazing. Yeah. I always have a backup plan. Oh yeah. So how, how has this and some of your other experiences, how has it changed you in your, in your day-to-day life? It has changed everything in my life. Uh, my life revolves around ghosts. I walked into you know the place where we're recording this call, and I instantly was uh, met by uh, more than one ghost, There's, and they're coming to me as I'm sitting here now. Uh, it's hard to um, to find a time or a place when there aren't ghosts around. And I think I went through after the Soul Collector. That was terrifying. I was really scared. Uh, I really felt like I survived something really horrific. And I started developing post-traumatic shock symptoms. When I would feel a ghost come nearby, I almost panicked because I thought, oh, my God, he's back. Or another Mm -hmm. one's back that's just as bad. So, you know, I kind of had to stop myself and say knowledge is power. I need to learn more. I need to know what's going on. I need to know how to protect myself. So that's when I really delved heavily into paranormal protection and trying to find resources. You know, I've been telling people for a number of years now that the uh, the dead walk among us all the time. And you know, your, your, your statements uh, back that up precisely because, you know, even though they're not attached to us or a building or whatever, they're they're still living like they lived when they were physical. They just aren't physical anymore. Right, right. I think if people if people could suddenly see them, I think about that movie 13 Ghosts where they put on those glasses and all of a sudden they could see the ghosts. 
if we had that technology and people could really see how many ghosts there are out there, I think they'd probably lose it, <laughs> or most people would, because they are everywhere. That is true, and occasionally I'll go into uh, large public places like malls or restaurants or something like that and just open up to see who else is in the room with us. And, you know, there might be six or eight other people in the room that are moving around or standing by a loved one or, or you know, doing whatever right. that, you know, most people just don't know that they're in the room. So it's it's just Absolutely. fascinating how, how close that world is to us. And we think that it's so far away in some other place, someplace else, but it's just right next to us. That's so true. So in, in your book, uh, The Signs of Spirit, you talk about how loved ones can come to visit. Uh, can you tell us about several of the signs of when that's happening? Yeah, I, it's really kind of interesting because most people miss the signs. Like they ask for them. They say, you know, their husband passed away and they keep asking, you know, come to visit me, come to let, give me a sign. And they're waiting for something huge, like maybe a physical presence or uh, a note or something big, but it's usually a very subtle instances. It could be things like dreams. I think dreams are one of the uh, most easiest ways for them to get to us because they don't have to worry about trying to get through the clutter of our conscious mind. They're able to tap into our subconscious and bring us visitation dreams. And that was actually one of my first experiences in the paranormal when I was a child. My grandmother passed away when I was six. And I had a dream about her uh, several nights after she died where we were going in to clean out her house and she was sitting on the couch and nobody else saw her except me. And I went in and ran and jumped on her lap and I said, Nanny, Nanny, I thought you died. And she said, I did, but I wasn't going to leave before I said goodbye to you. And those kind of dreams have a different texture to them. They feel very real. They feel you hear, you smell, you see. It feels almost like a memory versus a dream. But other ways are music. Sometimes they'll create the opportunity for certain songs to come on at a time when you need them, especially if you're listening to iTunes. <laughs> you know, sometimes they can go through, you know, they can go through and, and pick the song that they want you to hear or pop up a picture. Um, sometimes it's more subtle than that. It might be as far as finding a penny with a certain date in a in a place that you're not expecting it. So there's a lot of different signs. That is fascinating. Well, we're going to uh, take a few minutes to go to a break here. Uh, you know, I've I've also had experiences like that where uh, I actually talked to my uh, dead father on the way home from work. He sat there in the front passenger seat of the car with me and talked to me all the way home. So we're going to cut to a, a break here in just a minute. You're listening to the World Beyond Radio Show, and our special guest today, our special guest today is uh, Joni Mann, and we'll be right back in just a few minutes. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. 
from astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying... Welcome back to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent, and today we're talking about paranormal experiences with a special paranormal author, Joni Mann, who's written 15 books and is now currently crafting her 16th on uh, fiction and nonfiction topics of the paranormal. Joni Mann, uh, we were just uh, talking about signs that spirit has come to visit you. Um uh, are there other uh, indications that spirit can uh, come and visit? 
Oh, yeah, I go through them pretty much in the book. And I, what I did was I compiled stories from uh, some of my Facebook followers. They sent me stories that they'd experienced. And some of them were quite startling. Uh, and, they, and they could be something as odd as um, a ceiling fan going off at specific times when it's not supposed to. And the man in question his father had just died, and he and his father often watched sporting shows together. And that ceiling fan would start spinning when a game came on. And it was his father's way of letting him know that he was there with him watching the game because, you know, he was sad. He missed his dad. So and he, he had electricians in to figure out why the ceiling fan was <laughs> working that way, and, and nothing really, uh, you know, they couldn't find anything wrong with it. So he finally realize what was going on and and i guess it still happens to this day but he but it's his dad's way of letting him know he's there so there's so many different ways you really just have to open up your mind to see to see them and not miss them or to discount them as coincidence which so many people are prone to doing and then they miss the sign and once they miss it the person may stop trying to send them because it takes a tremendous amount of energy for them to do things like that and if it's missing the mark and the person's not seeing it, they may not continue doing it. Exactly. You know, I think that uh, uh, author and professional medium, John Edward, I think he said it the best in one of his books where he said that when spirit comes to try to communicate with us, the physical, it's like uh, trying to have a phone call conversation at the bottom of a 12-foot swimming pool. It takes a lot of energy to get down there and once you're there, you can't stay very long and you can't say very much. Yeah, that's a what great analogy. About? I love yeah, it. I've been I using that for a while. Yeah. I think that's absolutely 100% because that, it is a lot for them to do. And that's why they don't always have a lot of encounters. People expect them to perform like trick ponies and they just can't do it. And nor do they want to. That's not their purpose. So you got to watch the signs and be aware of them coming in and be thankful and grateful when they come because it did take a lot of energy to do it. I love these paranormal shows where they uh, insist that the uh, spirit in the room will manifest and they'll, they'll command them to manifest and they just don't understand right. how much energy it takes for that to happen. Right. The most you're going to get is a cold spot sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um I've you know as a paranormal investigator, I've gone out with people that have had some really fancy equipment and they set up cameras in every room and a lot of different trigger uh equipment. I have gotten to the point where I pretty much just use myself and a digital recorder and that's about it because I I mean I can bring all the, I do have all the gadgets and gear, but we've so seldom captured anything on video. And usually what we feel is intuitive, our EVP, because I think EVPs are a little bit easier for them to, to utilize where they we record the ghost voices on our digital recorders. Mm -hmm. But as far as manifesting and catching that on film, you know, that's like very, very rare for that to happen. It is. I can remember last year or uh, earlier this year when we went to uh, Waverly Hills and I mm. took a uh, Instamatic camera with me because I was afraid digital might not capture certain things. And yeah. after the uh, the nurse in room 502 choked me with the uh, the lamp cord, and I had to experience oh, wow. that. Yeah, that was a that was a great thing. I wrote a big blog about it. 
but I took a photograph of the door right at room 502. And as the film was developing in my hand, you could see the legs and part of an apparition. But after the oh, film wow. had developed completely, that was gone. So it was just there for just a moment, but it did not appear in the final film, which was kind of disappointing. Wow. So, yeah, sometimes the, the, the best things that you get, you just can't get them on film to, to really provide right. that evidence. Yeah, it's a personal experience, and, and it doesn't make it any less important, especially for you, because you know it happened. But if you're trying to show it and prove the paranormal to other people, it's not going to work. And I don't think a lot of them really want the paranormal proof. They like having the little secretive side. Well, there's that, but how many uh, how many investigations have you gone on where the homeowner or the uh, the property manager or whatever the case will be has said, I just want you to verify that something is here, but I don't want you to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a few times I've had that happen. Uh, mostly it's property managers and um, people that have that hire, that rent out their facility for ghost investigations. And mm. um, I don't know, I have, I have mixed feelings about it. I feel like somebody who isn't qualified or talented enough maybe to cross them over know what's going on you know um shouldn't probably be doing it but i also think keeping them there is almost like slavery Mm -hmm. if you're forcing them to be there and you're not allowing them to go um you know i I do believe in free will i think that they can go at any time but i think a lot of them don't realize that they can go at any time and sometimes all they need is that encouragement so not offering that is it's almost cruel to me to, to make them stay there. Exactly. Exactly. So what is the most frightening encounter that you've ever had doing this kind of work? That would have been coming back from Gettysburg. Um, I went, I've been to Gettysburg to investigate and just to sightsee uh, three or four times now. And this last time we went out onto the battlefields and we thought, you know, we're going to use what we've learned for some good. And we're going to see if we were feeling a lot of soldiers, there's a lot of residual energy in Gettysburg, but there are still some lost souls, despite all the people that have come through there. I'm sure doing the same thing that we've done. We were still encountering quite a few that needed help. So we went out into the battlefields and we just did cross uh, crossing over sessions and we allowed them, we opened up the white light for them and they, they crossed through and it was a beautiful, wonderful thing. However, we captured the attention of something pretty horrific, um, basically another soul collector. And I have, I swear I don't want to encounter any more soul collectors. And some reason they keep drawing to me. I feel like in some way I've been marked and as an easy target, perhaps, I don't know, but this one came after us because what we were doing was crossing over some of the souls that it had been holding on to. And mm. um, it was it was interesting because we actually saw it physically. You know, we were talking about how rare it is to see something. We were staying at a campground in, in Gettysburg, and we had reserved several cabins. And as intuitives and mediums, we could feel his energy. And we sat down. And on pencil and paper, identified each of us what we were feeling without talking to the other. And all of us came to the same description. We were seeing him so clearly in our mind. He was uh, 
a tall black man with uh, wearing a hat and a silver tip cane. We even saw his black jacket and his white shirt, and he had some kind of string tie. And when he would smile at you, it was it was an evil smile. It was not a smile of happiness. It was a smile. It was a sneer. And we kept seeing him in our minds. And then one one member of our group actually walked outside to get sage because we were going to sage the inside of the cabin just to and build a spiritual boundary just to keep him outside. And he actually saw what we had described in our minds, saw this physically standing at the edge of the campground, standing there watching and laughing and smiling at him. He saw it twice. And so we knew that we definitely had something there. And um, this thing ended up being a shadow demon. He was only coming out at night. I had never heard of shadow demon, so it was a new something new for me. But um, he was only able to manifest at night. And he followed me home from Gettysburg. And by the time I realized he was in my back seat, I had a 13-hour drive home. It was getting ready to get dark, and he was planning on manifesting in my back seat in hopes of causing me to have an accident. That was the scaredest I've ever been. Wow. Were you ever able to uh, to banish him or bottle him up or get rid of him? Well, I'm not capable of doing that aspect myself. But I thankfully, again, back to the having resources, uh, I have a friend named Michael Robichaud who is a shaman, and he's able to, he has a bevy of spiritual warrior spirit guides who are able to remotely banish or remotely cleanse areas. And mm-hmm. he's been helping me for a while. I wrote about him in my book, Rune of Souls. And he's he's done some, you know, complete demonic infestations remotely. So he's very, very good. And But it was hard getting in touch with him while I'm driving. I was losing cell service. Of course, this thing in my back seat was manipulating everything at that point, cutting me off. Um, I had another friend who's a psychic medium call me out of the blue, didn't know any of this going on. And once he got me on the phone, he said, you have something really bad with you. And then that's when he started describing it down to, you know, the silver tip cane. And he said, and then he, he told, told me what I was suspecting that it was a shadow demon. And I'd been getting images in my mind. This thing was like beaming these images in my mind of him manifesting in the back seat. He said, and it plans on manifesting in your back seat as soon as it gets dark. He said, well, we got to get Michael involved in this and try to see if he can get his guides in here in time, because if not, you're going to have a pretty big surprise as soon as it gets dark. So, you know, to have that come to me cold, you know, he knew nothing about what was going on. He didn't even know I was in Gettysburg. And uh, it was validation of the worst kind. (laughs) So yes, that's the scariest, most frightened I've ever been. What was he able to call Michael in and get that taken care of? I mean, is it is it gone now? It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Um, and I, you know, I always tell too much in my book, and then nobody buys it. <laughs> so this is from Ghost Magnet. I talk about that, and then also the soul collect coming back again. So I've had some pretty crazy encounters, and. A lot of them are backed up by EVPs and some documentation, other people having experiences at the same time. So so that people understand that I'm really not just this crazy person rambling on about things she's hearing. <laughs> yeah, I, I've had my own uh, 
my own encounters with uh, darker things like that. It's um, it's not fun, n- not at all. But uh, sometimes that work just has to be done. Right, and I think that sometimes there's a purpose. Sometimes I think that um, by my drawing them in, I'm able to lighten the world because now I have resources and now I know how to move them along and clear them off our plane of existence. So it's almost like I collect them and Michael removes them. So there's some kind of purpose at work here. And I don't just collect the dark ones. I get nice ones coming in too that I just help and help them cross over and help them figure out why this is happening to them. So it's not all dark and scary. Uh, You know, it's probably 90% good and 10% bad, but it's like anything. It's the 10% that you really remember. You know, if you make yourself a lighthouse, you're going to collect a lot of lost ships. Well, we're going to take a break for a minute, and we're going to come back again. Uh, This is the World Beyond Radio Show. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more of author Joni Mann. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers in healing 
to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent, coming at you from Evansville, Indiana. Our show is produced and carried by the X-Zone Broadcast Network and Relmar McConnell Media Company, headquartered in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. For more information on X-Zone Broadcast Network or to hear any of my archive shows or listen to some of the shows of the other amazing hosts, visit www.xzbn.net. If you wish to contact me, you can reach me at my email address, Joe Wegent, that's Joe, W-E-I-G-A-N-T at xzbn.net or check out my websites reikichoice.com that's R-E-I-K-I choice.com or paranormalpeace.com Our guest this hour has been Joni Mayan and she can be reached on her website at joniman.com that's J-O-N-I M-A-Y-H-A-N Com. She has written 15 books that are available on her website, and they are fascinating. Joni, um, do you teach any kinds of classes on the paranormal or uh, on investigating? I do. I have been teaching. I started teaching a paranormal 101 class in the town of Gardner, Massachusetts, when I was still living there. And what I found that it's so important for people who have abilities or betting abilities to be able to work with other people. 
and I'm not saying I'm the world's most gifted psychic medium, which I'm certainly not, but I've done a lot of research into the topic, and I understand how it works and how to help people start to develop theirs. So we started meeting together once a week, and this went on for a year and a half until I moved. And I began teaching online classes, which is a little more difficult, especially with mediumship, to be able to teach it online. But we do, um, you know, like the Skype calls, except we do Google Hangout. But it has been pretty effective. We can talk about methods and we can talk about different abilities. And we've learned that we've made connections with each other. And it's been it's been an interesting experience. I took a little bit of a break because I was trying to get my next book out but I'm going to start my classes back up online in January and I'll start posting information about upcoming classes soon. And my classes are inexpensive. They're two hours for $15. And you, if it comes with a lot of notes, they're usually a book size notes because I can't stop myself I'm kind of compulsive in that way, but I send a lot of information and links and, and it is an interesting experience. We touch on a lot of different subjects, not just mediumship development or paranormal. We'll talk about things like karma and spirit guides and Reiki and different things of that nature so that people get more of a well-rounded pers- uh, experience about the paranormal because it's not just ghosts. It's metaphysical as well. Absolutely. Do your classes include things like uh, electronic investigations, or is it just strictly with the uh, sensitive or uh, empathic and mediumship abilities? They cover just about everything, and I, I you know, we we I have a class on EVP, how to collect the best EVPs, and going through. So there's a lot of different methods, a lot of different things, topics. I think I have 30 classes written at this point, and I'm adding more because people. Have, People are starting to ask for different topics, so I'm coming up with everything. So how do you take a a topic like mediumship or paranormal investigations or crossing over and things like that, and how do you um, adapt that kind of thing to the different ways that each of us as, as different people can receive information from the spirit world, whether it be a clairaudient or clairvoyant or clairsentient? How do you adjust classes for people with different uh, receiving abilities? Well, I pretty much, I will go through all those different types. And I think a lot of people have been having experiences all their life, but they didn't, they either didn't understand what was happening to them or they thought everybody had that same thing. And so we just talk about the various abilities and give examples of how they might feel that and then start to explore it within the group. And it helps in a group setting, because if you have one person who is clairaudient like myself and I'm hearing a tone come in, if somebody else is there, I can say to my class, okay, something just came in. What are you feeling? And they'll be able to adapt and really feel, what am I feeling? There's something here. And I won't tell them what's there, you know, write it down. What are you feeling? And it really helps people like if somebody might be clairsentient where they're feeling one of my friends feels um, a tightening in her, in her gut when there's a ghost nearby. Somebody else I know has a, her scalp crawls. Uh, other people feel the sadness of the, the emotional. So that could be empathic. And some people just know there's something there or they might get a mind picture. So it's going to come to everybody just slightly different. It's hard. I've never met 
two people to have the exact same abilities. It's always different slightly or, or sometimes phenomenally. So it's nice to have somebody else to be able to bounce that off of and have that validation. So what advice would you give somebody who is just now beginning to discover that they have certain gifts and they don't know what to do with it or, or, or how to experience it or maybe it's frightening them? What advice would you give for someone who's just now starting to wake up to their gifts? Well, I would read and research, read as much as you can. Um, I don't scary things, a sensitive guide to the paranormal world. I really talk about a lot of these things and try to break it down to making it more understanding, but there are a lot of good books out there. Go for the, you know, the John Edward or, um, you know, the the top psychic mediums out there and, and read about their experiences. But then really importantly, find somebody who has like-minded abilities. Try to find somebody to work with because, A, it's not so lonely because it, it's frightening and it's frustrating going through that process, especially if you're by yourself and you don't have anybody to say, you know, I don't know, there's a ghost here and it's bothering me. What are you feeling? Or let's work together. Maybe you can help me or maybe I can help you. And just, I I don't know how I would have gone through this if I hadn't had my friend Sandy with me. We went through it together and we helped each other and she was a huge resource. So I really recommend if somebody has a psychic medium they can work with, that's even better because you need to know what's going on, what you're feeling and somebody to vent to sometimes too, because it's not always easy. It's not always fun and games. Sometimes it's downright horrible. Mm -hmm. So are you working on a new book now and what's it going to be about? When do you plan on having that published? I'm working on my haunted new harmony book. Uh, since, Moving to New Harmony, I have encountered many ghosts in the town. The town is very old to begin with, and it has a lot of history that's very interesting. And I think some history that is has been somewhat hidden. I don't think everything's out there on the table, which typically happens with, um, you know, back in the Victorian colonial days, there were a lot of opportunities to, um, or things that happen, and it was just covered up because money and wealth often do that. But in this situation, each building has something in it. I've not felt anything negative at all. It's mostly just um, former homeowners, former shop owners, people that work there. But every building I've gone into, there's been something there. And I thought, you know, I started kind of just talking to the shop owners. I'm like, you know, you have a ghost here, right? And uh, one of my funniest experiences was uh, the woman said, I, I told her, I said, well, I just found your ghost. And she said, she looked at me and she said, which one? <laughs> so uh, a lot uh, of the people uh. are aware. Yeah. I, and, and that was a great conversation. I'm going back to interview her uh, sometime this week to be able to get that in the book. But there's been so many experiences there with people over the years. And once I start bringing it up, people, everybody has a ghost story to share. So New Harmony is historic, but it's also haunted. That's awesome. New Harmony is just one of those towns that uh, never really uh, caught up with modern times. And when you go into New Harmony, it is just like it was 100 years ago. And that's just amazing that, that they've kept it that, that way. Oh, the charm and the it's also just the energy there is just totally different. It's not like anywhere I've ever been. Um, I don't know that I'll ever leave. <laughs> I love the town now. So it's been an interesting experience. 
Yes, yes, it is. So your your book is going to be basically about the ghosts that, that uh, are there in New Harmony. Uh, will it have any other kind of a direction to it? Uh, it's just going to be called Haunted New Harmony, and it's going to be different locations that are haunted and people's experiences and different stories. I'm collecting stories from people that have had an experience there, and those will be put into the book. So it's going to just kind of be a... Um, a haunted book about the different locations. Yeah, there's there's a lot uh, there's a lot going on in New Harmony. So, other than your uh, your newest book, do you have any other plans going on? Any other uh, things you've got in the works that uh, are going to be released soon? Yeah, after I do my haunted New Harmony book, I would like to start setting up haunted tours in New Harmony because I really think that people enjoy that and it. Anything to bring more economy to New Harmony is a good thing because the town does it relies on tourism and another aspect of tourism is not a bad thing and it, there really is um, it's lacking in this area. There aren't. I come from Massachusetts where there were a lot of opportunities for people who are interested in the paranormal to experience it firsthand and I haven't found that much in Indiana since I've been back. So I want to provide that opportunity to people which could include investigations at haunted locations, haunted tours, stuff like that. Well, whenever you get that uh, worked out, uh, you let me know, and I will put that on social media and help to promote that with you. And whenever your book is published, let me know about that. I will put that up on social media and let everybody on Facebook and LinkedIn and and, and all the other social sites, let them know uh, what you're doing and where you're going and let them learn more about you. And uh, we're reaching the end of our show today, folks. It has been a pleasure talking to you today, Joni. This is a a really fascinating subject. And uh, we will be back again on the World Beyond Radio Show. And I promise you, we'll talk again. Thank you for listening. 